podcast listeners, after about a two-week, maybe a little bit more break, we are back, and we actually do have Jenna all the way from the East Coast. Hey, it's the Dry Heaters. How are you all? I think they're well. We actually have one that I want to shout out right now. Um, his name is Jason, my cousin, who has been listening this entire time and just secretly loving it, not telling us anything, but he, he raved That's about it. That's the worst kind of fan. <laughs> He's like... There's no feedback. <laughs> But we actually are very excited because we have Chef Justin. Hello. That is not his Justin actual name. Hall in the his house. Nice. So Justin, you are a chef. We kind of previewed your career already. Um, but uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, let's see. Um, I am a chef. Uh, I've been doing this for about 17 years. Uh, it was kind of a second passion of mine. Um, and then, you know... Played around in high school, catering, stuff like that, for a friend of mine. And then spent a few years in the Army. Um, that was number one passion. So took off after high school, followed my first passion in the Army, um, got out, and then went for passion number two. And kind of just spent the past years traveling around, accomplishing that. Uh, I know that uh, Jenna has had a pretty great experience, and so has one of our previous guests, Bianca, with your food. Um, so, Jenna, oh give us gosh. the rave. The rave oh, review. Sorry. I was already starting to go on my rave review. Okay, let me tell you guys a little something about Chef Justin Kingsley Hall. So, first of all, Bianca and I first met him at Slow Boys, which... Justin, is that actually, uh, it's, it's down right now, right? Yes, it was just a, uh, a temporary pop-up. We did four months downtown. Um, and so, yes, it is closed. And we still do, you know, a lot of little events. But as far as, like, an actual place to go eat, it is closed yeah. right now. So I love the idea of pop-up restaurants. And we definitely want to talk to you more about that because I absolutely loved the food. Bianca and I were sent there by a bartender from Herbs and Rye. And uh, he sent us in your direction and just said to talk to the chef and see if we could get, you know, maybe you would do some catering. And before we asked for the chef, Bianca and I ordered some food just to try it out. I think I took maybe one bite of a carrot and Bianca took one bite of a roasted radish and we were like, this is the guy. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, then we got, uh, then we met Chef Justin and... Um, he actually did end up catering Bianca's wedding ceremony, which was amazing. Best food ever. It was just divine. And there were cakes. There was this, like, bass salad. I don't even know. There was honeycomb on the table. It was just so beautiful and amazing. And honestly, afterwards, I kept fantasizing that I had enough money to, like, just cater a small dinner for friends, you know, but somehow make it worth it for Chef Justin also, financially. Um, And... That fantasy has not yet come to fruition uh, due to my recent unemployment, but I am slowly working my way up towards that dream. So uh, you said that the pop-up is currently gone for now, but what's next? Yeah. Uh, That is kind of the question from Las Vegas. I I have a a handful of different offers on the table, one that I'm really excited about. Um, I mean, I'm excited about them all, but one that I'm most entertaining um, with a new restaurant coming to downtown. But uh, other than that, I mean, there's pop-up dinners going on. There's little events. Um, I've been traveling out of the state for work. So uh, pop-up at a beer festival in San Diego. Then I was up in Tahoe working. And then actually uh, 
in a few months here I'll be in Pasadena for another beer festival so so uh, for beer festivals can you guys hear me okay yep. yeah okay so for beer festivals how do you get that menu prepared like what what do you do <laughs> do you think like do you feel inspired and you just you know collect the ingredients for whatever you need or do you kind of have a standard go-to for festivals uh, I really don't have a standard for for many things. I just <laughs> I really am kind of a um, a knee jerk person in that where my decisions kind of come and go. Um, if you give me months to think about something, it doesn't mean I'm going to come up with a better idea than if I come up with it in a half hour. Uh, when I did San Diego, you know, I had a rough idea of what kind of meat I was going to use because that was that's kind of a longer process. So. You know, we went out with lamb hearts. We went out with a whole pig. Um, but then the decision from there was basically just go down to the farmer's market the day of, walk around the farmer's market, and decide what really caught my eye. And so we walked out with, a you know, two $300 in vegetables and some other fruits, and that kind of made the dish for the day. Wow. Do you think Amazing. You were, uh, sorry, Jenna, but do you think you work better under pressure? Uh, by far, yeah. which I don't always recommend for everybody. It's not always the best idea, but, you know, I learned a long time ago, whether it was in high school, military service, working in kitchens or in college that, you know, if I need to get a, a 10 page paper done for an English course, it was getting done the night before mm -hmm. and it would come out just as good, if not better than if, again, I took a week. So... Mm -hmm. If you give me hours to put something together, I can I can get it done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is very convenient, actually, for Bianca and I, because we did have a little more time then, but, I mean, when you think about a wedding, it takes a long time to usually come up with that menu, but I think we met you in April, ceremony was in May, and it couldn't have been better. So I could see all that short-term planning. And like you said, it goes with the inspiration of what's in season. You're very big on that, right? Yeah, that was kind of a... Uh... A big thing about Slow Boy and a lot of the stuff I do is, you know, we worry a lot about what we can get from the farmer's market, what we can get locally, um, what's in season, you know, try to try to be ethical and, you know, sustainable about how we source things and what we're bringing in. So, sorry, Megan, cut me off, of course, if I'm like trampling on you because I can't hear totally well. But so if you have all these offers on the table, then you're not wanting, though, to work in someone else's restaurant you're wanting to do your own thing right no not necessarily um not necessarily okay there there's ideas of wanting to do my own thing um but as a chef like you're always trying to figure out do i want to do my own thing because there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that a lot of time commitment yeah. um do i want to work for somebody else and figure out everything out on their dollar um which doesn't take responsibility off you but you know, it, it definitely lessens it. Um, but the offers, the offers I have right now, um, a couple of them are working for other people and a couple of them are doing my own thing. Um, but I also in seven weeks, yeah, seven weeks, I have my first baby on the way. So the, the idea of, uh, starting my very own business from scratch and bottom is kind of a, kind of a little overwhelming to think about. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's exciting. So, first baby, um, do you know the gender? Yes, a baby boy. Boy, that's exciting. That's always fun because I feel like you could do so much with a boy. Like, you know, like it's, it's, I feel like for a man, it might be easier. It's like, you're like, I get how boys should be. Maybe not, though. Maybe not. Uh, you know, I grew up with 
two sisters, my mom and my grandma, mainly all of my life. Um, so being around women, all the other issues that come along with that is pretty normal to me. Yeah. Um, the main reason I was hoping for it to be a boy was just because my fiance and I are very competitive oh. and her and her family were dead set that it was a girl. And I was like, no, you're wrong. Oh, so, and then so, you're like, yes. So really, it's just about being right. <laughs> yeah, even better, even better. That's awesome. I was so crazy. Oh, my God. The first time, well, um, Justin's fiance walked by Slow Boys when Bianca and I were there, and I was like, oh, my God, hi, how are you? I recognize you from Justin's Instagram. And she was like, whoa, taken aback. I was, like, treating her like she was P. Diddy or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, like, a, that's the curse of social media. I feel like we stalk so much out of people, and then we're like, I think I know too much about you <laughs> well, she uh my fiance's a lot of her clients she's a hairstylist here in vegas and a lot of her clients you know they follow her on instagram or facebook and then they either see me from that or they've gone on to follow me on social media and i don't know that know them but then all of a sudden i'm at a bar or something and i'll get a text message from her and be like oh my clients see you out you know having drinks and everything i'm like i'm being watched this is weird <laughs> yeah that's like how small the community is after yeah. a while you're like i recognize most people at a bar i'm like yeah. this is crazy yeah. um how long did you mention already how long you've been in vegas uh all together it's been about four and a half years okay. um i moved out here and was here for about nine ten months and then moved away for a very short time and then came back that's about the same time I've been here. I've only moved uh, four years ago in June, so yeah, Vegas can really grow on you. What do, how, what are your thoughts? How's Vegas treating you? Um, you know, I can't really say Vegas has treated me poorly. I've it, it's really helped my career personally. There's been a lot of growth and different things here. Um, I mean, I have my fiance, I have a baby, um, a career that's doing very well. So again, I, I can't complain, but it. It's probably only been this past year where I've started saying, oh, yeah, Vegas is home. Or nice. feeling like when I, yeah. when I go away to places and come back that I'm going home. That's yeah. actually true for me, too. It took me at least two and a half years before I felt like, oh, yeah, this is actually where I want to be for a while. Um, yeah. I, I can't tell you how it, it just cuts me to leave there because there's nothing really professionally for me to do there anymore. And so I feel like, ugh. I love it there, though. Last night, a couple of the comics in the show I was in, they were like, what's Vegas like? I probably went on a 20-minute tangent <laughs> about, like, everything from Fremont Street to the housing market to, like, the school system. And they were like, whoa, like, you really like this place. And I was like, I really do. It's home now, you know? There's a lot to do. Um, so aside from your own food, is there any restaurants that you would say, like, if you're in Vegas, you have to go? Oh, yeah, um, I mean, there's a lot of restaurants. Um, I try my best to really see what's going on off the strip um, because there's a lot of local people that are doing some really great things. So places like Other Mama with Dan Cromer. Uh, Dan's really amazing chef. He does some great things. Um, I spend a lot of time at either La Fa or District 1, which is mm -hmm. Chef Kai, um, great Vietnamese food. Uh, my buddy Josh Clark that has Goodwitch, kind of chef-driven sandwich yeah, shop. Uh, they do great things. Howard Choi with uh, Fish and Bowl. So th there's a constant list. I mean, and then, you know, you get into the world of cocktails. You've got Herbs and Rye mm -hmm. that just won Best uh, best yeah. American High-Volume Cocktail Bar in the country. Oh, so We love that place. You've been there a bunch. Love it. Yeah. Um, there's Atomic Liquors. <laughs> Uh, Rose has great. a great beer program and cocktails. Mm -hmm. So there's there's a lot of really amazing things um, 
to go eat and drink in Vegas that are not even near the strip. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And I think are, are definitely putting on a better show than what's going on there. That's so true. Yeah, you kind of get trapped into this, like, oh, they were on, like, Chopped or something. And then you're like, oh, no, actually, there's, like, plenty of good food not that expensive off the strip. <laughs> yeah. Like, for a reasonable price. Yeah, it's so good. Oh, my gosh, so much good food. Really missing that. Not to not to say anything negative about Michigan, but really missing that. Yeah, yeah. What has Michigan been like? We haven't, and we actually, I didn't even tell our listeners. Um, the only way that you're hearing Jenna right now is through FaceTime on my phone with the microphone as close <laughs> as possible. So I really hope it's working. I do too. I really hope it is too because I would hate to, you know, Chef Justin. It's a great, a great local Las Vegan, and uh, I would hate to ruin his interview, but. Wait, I have before Michigan though. I have another question. Where are you from, Justin? Oh yeah. Uh, originally, I'm from California. Um, I I call my hometown San Luis Obispo, California, which is right near Santa Barbara. But that's where Slow Boy comes from. Is the SLO? Um, I went to high school there. Lived there afterwards uh, for a bit. And I, my mom still lives there. But I grew up in Oakland, Fresno, um, so some different parts of California. And then, did you meet your fiance? Like, when did you meet her? Uh, my fiance, I met. Um, I first met her f- over ten years ago um, in California, and then uh, I actually was the best man at her first wedding. Oh, what that is drama? <laughs> I love that. Wow, that's amazing. So. Uh, I mean, you're just going to leave us hanging there, or what? Is there more to that story, or is that... Uh, the, I <laughs> That's mean, as much as he's wow. out I think that actually is a pretty good story, I mean, right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, people You know, people always ask, like, how we know each other, or how long we've been together, and everything, and, it, and it's only been a, a few years that we've been dating, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, people are like, oh, so you don't know each other that well, and I'm like, well, you know, I've known him for over a decade, you know, we've been friends. Uh, then yeah. we, we were roommates when I first moved to Vegas, and then I moved away and came back. Um, yeah, so so we know each other pretty well. Um, yeah, you know, and we both uh, we both have been through a lot and stuff. So I feel feel pretty re- good about it. And uh, people yeah. ask if there's any regrets, and I was like, no. You know, I uh, I knew what was in front of me, and I knew the friendship I had before, and I saw what my future could be, and made the decision yeah. that was best for me. You got to go for it, man. Exactly. So, <laughs> no, yeah. You know, I always say when people talk about or even my fiance, it's like people are so willing to sacrifice or go head to head for trying to get a house, a job, um, all sorts of things in their life. And so you figure that that person that's probably going to bear your child or, or really work out the future with you. Um, why not risk everything for that? So That's true. Um, wow. I just wish I knew like had anybody around me that I was like worth the risk but <laughs> <laughs> just Malone if Malone ever takes on like a human form oh my god this dog but anyway um I love this dog so let's see what else can we ask you about Vegas so you've been there four years yep now when you were working at Slow Boys uh, you said you kind of lived in that community the downtown community mm-hmm. are you still living there yeah, um, I've lived downtown for almost the whole time that I've lived in Vegas, uh, and to me, it's I love being down there. Um, there's a certain camaraderie amongst the downtown people 
that really believe in what it can be, what it can grow into. There's new businesses coming in, people risking, you know, their money in future um, to open up a, a coffee shop like Makers and Finders, a brewery like Hop Nuts, um, Goodwitch, all those things. Uh, and it doesn't always look pretty. Um, downtown definitely has, you know, some sore spots. But in reality, when you look at crime statistics and the maps and stuff, we're really not any different than Mountain's Edge or Blue Diamond where, you know, people are getting doors kicked in and stuff, you know. Yeah. It's kind of nice at times that we don't look so pretty because people don't want to mess with us. Yeah, <laughs> so. that's true, actually, yeah. But, uh, but no, I, I absolutely love it down there, and that's why I was happy to have Slow Boy down there. And then when people ask about what I want to do with my future, um, I'm very stuck with trying to stay downtown and serve those people first and then try and bring yeah. more people to downtown. Oh my god! definitely grown so much. What were you going to say, Jenna? No, no, skip over me. I was just going to start talking about this bread pudding that Justin makes. I literally don't even know. It wasn't really connected bread to pudding. anything. Nice. I was just going to launch into another food tangent, so just feel free to talk over me. <laughs> no, I think that's one thing we've talked a lot on the podcast, though, is just, like, how much we enjoy downtown because they really have put their time and their money, and then, like, these small independent businesses have really – um, put their you know energy and uh, like you said like their whole livelihood into these businesses um, but yeah Jenna one thing I was now thinking about for Justin is uh, do you have a food that you make that you, is like your favorite <laughs> um, that is my favorite you know not not necessarily I do um, you love to barbecue though well yeah the past few years it's been a lot of like kind of old style cooking it's a lot of open fire cooking um, whole animals, things like that. Uh, just trying to get back to the roots of cooking. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to favorite things to make, it, it it's always kind of a situational thing. There's some things that kind of show up again time and time um, over, but usually there's a little change. There's a change in the recipe, um, and it's about who I'm cooking with or who mm -hmm. I'm eating with. Um, you know, I, I always tell people, you know, people ask me, like, well, what should I make for this? And mm -hmm. I will say that, there was one thing I used to teach a lot of guys if they were they were gonna have a date over, um, and it was this oxtail ragu, which mm. sounds kind of crazy, but when you make in the right portions and you make it right, it's just this kind of rich, sticky, delicious mm. ragu that you put on some pasta. Um, and I always kind of teach that to young guys that don't know how to cook much as like a first date item. Like show you know? off. Yeah. That's awesome. It, you know, it, it's great idea. My the mom. Only problem with that is the second date is pizza. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're like, what happened to that oxtail ragu? Yeah. When am I getting that again? <laughs> you know, they, they make all these statements about, um, today and you know, Oh, a lot of women don't know how to cook and, and you know, for a lot of different reasons, but there's a lot of guys that don't know how to cook, mm -hmm. but for me, I was like, well, good. You know, that's that's kind of a way in. And my mom made a joke a long time ago that when she was in college and everything, you know, artists were the big thing. You'd go out on a date with this artist and he'd be like, oh, well, come up to my studio. Let me draw you. And girls were like, oh, that's great. Um, she's all, now it's, now it's really chefs, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you guys got yeah. the So, you know, if, if you can cook for somebody, you can make an True. experience. Um, you know, it, it makes it super intimate and it could be something that's very much for your friends or it can be something that's super sensual. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of ways you can go with it. So my favorite things to cook, um, it, it's always just about the moment and the situation with people. So it, it changes quite a bit. Mm. 
Um, I have a question. So you are completely self-taught, or are you trained? Did you go to cooking school anywhere? Or? Um, I no, I went to I went to college. Um, I graduated from the Art Institute of Tampa. So I, I lived in Florida for four and a half years. Um, got my bachelor's degree there, and then uh, I literally finished my last day of class on a Wednesday and then had the car packed up on Thursday and left Florida. So I was, wow. I was, I was ready to get back to the West Coast. That's, so. that's yeah. funny. I live probably 45 minutes from Tampa. That's where I grew yeah. up. So, yeah. But yeah, Florida, yeah. yeah, it's not, it's nothing like Vegas. Unfortunately, all my Florida listeners love you guys, but. <laughs> there's, there's things I miss, but uh, every once in a while, I lived in North Carolina for a few years too. And Every once in a while I think, oh, I can move back there. And then I'm like, wait, no, it's stupid. I can't yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah, there's something like that pulls you back about the South. It's charming. There's a lot to do. But then there's also like the, there's something's missing. It's, it's, I think, a little bit too, I don't know. It's just quiet. It's a quiet life, I think. I think Florida in general is just kind of a very, uh, it's too laid back of a yeah. state for me. There's just, especially Tampa, it's just very much, uh, you know, Tommy Bahama, Margaritaville very, attitude. That yes. When I start working hard and I expect other people to work hard, that it's just not mm. there. Yeah, no, that's real. I feel like you can find that in a, just a quiet life if you're yeah. go, looking for that. <laughs> um, a quiet life with a wet, velvety blanket over you. Yes, exactly. Yeah, oh, yeah, I do not miss that. I was in New York, actually, like for the last like couple weeks. But when I was in, actually, it was a, what they called a... Um, it was like a heat, like, dome that we were in, is what they kept saying. It was like the Thunder Dome, but for, like, a heat trap, <laughs> which was, like, because of the humidity not being able to, like, relieve itself or something, we were just, like, trapped in this heat dome. <laughs> I was like, what? that is what it's like. It feels like an absolute like hell. Great, sounds like a great pe- premise for a, a new sitcom. Yeah. The heat dome. Heat dome. Yeah. Justin, question for you. Yeah. So you've been in Vegas. You have a lot of friends in the, uh, you know, the food industry, and so I'm sure you've eaten a lot of great meals. You mentioned some places you like to go. But what about your epically stereotypic Vegas nights? Have you ever, for example, been, I don't know, walking down the strip and seen Mike Tyson or anything? Do you have like a night that you remember just being like, wow, that was kind of what people think of the town? Uh. I mean, it's funny. I think I was much more uh, into crazy epic nights or what people might think of epic nights when I lived in Tampa. Mm. There was some uh-huh. crazy stuff. Um, you know, living in Vegas, Vegas much more fits my lifestyle of, you know, I you work late, get off, go eat dinner, have drinks, get home at 7 a.m., go to sleep uh-huh. for a few hours, then get up and go to work again. So it, that's always been super beneficial to how I live, um, yeah. you know. But yeah, I mean, of course, there's been a lot of nights either on the strip or somewhere where, you know, you're getting drunk downtown and then Big Bird is walking by. Um, <laughs> when my sister first moved to town, we were having drinks. And I was like, oh, just wait, give it 45 minutes. It should be the time that, you know, Big Bird, Spider-Man and Joint Man all walk past. Um, but I, I remember being working in Vegas at one point and uh, it was I was working in a kitchen we had a, a big party in. It was a magazine party. And then somebody said, you know, oh, there's Jameson girls here. And I was like, what are you talking about? And all of a sudden, these girls in small outfits came in the kitchen, and they brought shots for everybody. So we were doing shots in the kitchen. And then someone said, there's a painted girl. So this girl comes in, just painted all over, and uh, is completely nude. And Vegas. comes in. She's drunk. We take a big picture. She kisses me. Um <laughs> 
<laughs> and I was like, where where am I living right now? Yeah. You know, and then I left there to go to a Stoney's, really yeah. famous kind of Western bar before it moved to Town Square. And it was line dancing there and parties going on. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, and then the night ended with uh, me having sex with a girl in a car in a driveway. And uh, I was like, the next morning, I just remember thinking, oh, my God, I live here. <laughs> yeah. Like you can't leave. Like, yeah. Like, is, oh god, I could run into like. You know, and this is like a Tuesday night. So that's like, the best. It's like, why did I do all oh these things? God, but you can. Yeah, it's. That's it really. I mean, luckily, I've never been uh, into drugs. Um, I can right. control my drinking. Gambling's not uh, really something I do. So when people talked about moving to Vegas, I was like, oh, you know, I feel pretty good. But uh, really, for me, it's. You know, you start getting in this industry, and it's going to have drinks. It's going to restaurant openings. It's special events. So, you and it sounds very first world problem, mm-hmm. but you get tired because week after week you're like, oh, you know, it's it's more food, it's more drink. My liver hurts. I'm tired. Yeah. You know, I I usually sleep only about you know three four hours a night a lot of times. It's hard. Um, I guess you're ready for the baby. Yeah. So so it, it gets kind of. Uh, after a while your body just kind of like gets drained and you try and slow down and it's just hard to mm-hmm. um but yeah you know people talk about like oh you know you got to be an adult and do this and i was like well what's your version of an adult i was like an adult in vegas this is typical <laughs> yeah know? like I, I it's crazy even as a teacher like we're still going out weekdays we're doing crazy stuff and I feel like I, I have this fear of missing out, the FOMO, for sure, yeah. where it's like, oh, there's another beer fest, there's another party, there's this, there's that. It's hard to ever say no. It's like, what do we choose to do? Well, and then, yes, it is such a small town. So, you know, if you do something stupid or embarrassing, you're most likely going to run into somebody. And, you know, I teach at uh, the Art Institute here. So every once in a while, I've run into students. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you end up in a picture because you're drunk, and they catch you, and they're like, "Oh, I was with Chef Hall last night." I was like, "You were not with me." Yeah, let's ran into clarify me. <laughs> that. <laughs> we do not hang out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is a fear. Is like sometimes you'll walk down Fremont and you'll hear Miss McGowan, and it's like, "Nope, not me. Wrong person. I don't know her." <laughs> but. Yeah, yeah not, just... not being a teacher anymore. Well, not being there. God, this whole podcast is just making me rethink my whole life. I love it there. Oh, <laughs> yes. This was all our plan. But, just get Jenna my back. Biggest, my biggest, uh, I, one of my biggest moments was when I realized I wasn't going to be a teacher anymore, and I saw a former student, mm-hmm. and she was like, hey, are you still teaching? And I was like, no, not really. And she was like, oh, so do I, like, call you Jenna now? And I was like, you know what? You do. Wow. I would have been like, no. <laughs> I was Never. like, I'm just Jenna. I'm just your weird 27-year-old friend. Never mind. Don't tell that to anyone. <laughs> yeah, don't repeat that. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah. um, but that, one of the questions we always ask is, uh, is there anything you would change about Vegas? Anything you don't like? I mean, there's plenty of things that, you know, I would love to see Vegas change. Um, one of the biggest things I would change is kind of the focus of what culture is here and what you should be proud about um to focus so much on this rich history of mob and and glorifying that um and just slot machines Mm -hmm. i think misses out on the fact that you've got a lot of passionate talented people here um you have a lot of you know a lot of money and time that you could invest into great things that are long term instead of trying to just figure out 
building something that's going to last 10 years. That's why, you know, something like the Smith building mm -hmm. was such a beautiful project because it was meant to last 100 years. Yeah, um, and, and it is too. When you're there, you really feel like you're seeing culture and... You know, I took a, a group of students there, and they were like, oh, my God, it's like we're in Chicago, you know? Yeah, and, and there's just so many things that Vegas is, is a big city. Metropolitan City doesn't have that every other city in the world does, and it's these performing arts centers, and it's this focus on, you know, uh, art and culture and all this stuff in that. You know, if somebody wants to be a, a cocktail waitress, a bartender, and make six figures a year, that's fine, you know? Um, if that's what my son ends up doing, that that's great. But I don't want it to be like the first thing they look at and say, "Oh man, that's that's what you strive for." Yeah. Um, right. I want education to be better here. Yeah. You know, Amen. Um, parks and, and mm -hmm. just access to different things to be a uh, a lot better. And it's and it's coming. I think Vegas, the city, um, is noticing that they really need to do some things. Um, but really, that, that's the big thing is, is stop focusing on just the fact that our history is the mob, and that's yeah. awesome, and that we have casinos. Yeah. Uh, and I think as that becomes more of a focus that there's going to be a lot more, a lot more that this city is going to offer. Yeah. I do. That's one of the things we talked a lot about is that community, once you find it in Vegas, because we're a little standoffish, as I kind of consider myself a Las Vegas person now, but I'm like... Yeah, I'm not always, like, trusting, like, a new friend to being a around for a year or two. But the more you kind of realize that there is that community where it's, like, if you are going to stay, if you are going to be, you know, you know, giving your energy and your blood and your sweat and your tears, all of that, into our community, it's, like, we can do this. Like, we have people and places to build. Yeah, you just, I mean, people talk about gambling, but it, I think it's so hard for them to gamble on the idea that, you know, be the first one to take the step, you know, to take the risk to build something downtown to build a new idea um to really reform education and they look at it's like well you know it hasn't really worked out and it's like well that was the same in every other city until somebody really took the time and you know that first per person is probably going to have to do the hardest work and get the least return but it's a it shouldn't be about the return always you know my my biggest thing has always been to teach my students um, to talk to my friends about you know you live and work within your passion and it doesn't always pay dividends, but at the end of the day, you know, you're, you're going to feel better about everything you do. Um, yeah. You know, working in a kitchen, nine out of ten days, you feel like you got kicked in the nuts. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But that one day that just goes perfect makes up for everything. So that's why I know I should be doing mm -hmm. this. That's cool. Uh-huh. So. You had mentioned that, um, that your first passion was actually working in the military. Mm -hmm. what, um, what brought you to that? What, what, why? Um... You know, since the age of five, it was dressing up in camouflage. It was watching everything. Uh, my grandfather and his brothers served in World War II. And just, you know, there's patriotic reasons. I, I just think it's one of the greatest mm -hmm. things you can do is serve your country in some fashion. It doesn't have to be military, but to serve the country I think is great. Um, you know, doing something, sacrificing myself um, mm -hmm. for something greater was a big deal. Uh, and then, you know, as a little kid... Um, I had this idea that the more things you had to snap on to get ready for work just seemed really cool. So, you know, like firefighters were putting on jackets and everything. And yeah. I, I remember my very first jump uh, in airborne school, you know, I was clipping on a rifle, I was clipping on a parachute, and just there was all these snap, snap, snap. So I was like, I've made it. This is my dream. <laughs> I am now doing the coolest thing ever. Um, but yeah, there was just, there was nothing else that was my main focus. Uh, you know, I picked up cooking. 
when I was 12 because in our house, um, if you cook dinner, then you didn't have to do dishes. Oh. Um, and I also was really sick of broccoli casseroles. Uh, so I learned to cook and I loved it. And then catering, my mom was a catering manager at one point for a long time. Um, so I really loved it, but it wasn't the number one. Mm. You know, my mom, I think, would have loved I w- I would have done that first. Um, but I was dead set. I was like, you know, even lost track in high school. I didn't care about my grades too much because I was like, I'm going to graduate. I'm going to leave for the Army. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was really focused that when I turned 17 and a half, I signed my papers. Uh, my mom was like, okay, but sign for the minimum amount of time and, you know, do like a desk job or, you know, I took my test and she's like, you know, do something cool with military intelligence. And I came back and I was like, you know, I signed up for this many years in uh, airborne infantry. Yeah. And I, and I think she was just ready to fall over. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. tough. I actually oh, talked man. to someone who did a lot of, um, like, just like mostly like plane, like stuff, similar airborne stuff. Um, but uh, I don't know if it is similar, but he was saying that the first time you jump out of an airplane you're not as afraid as like every time after that i don't know if that was just him did you feel that way uh really the first time it's hard to remember anything because there's so many things going on and i think you are kind of thinking like i may die but then you're like somebody's yelling at me to do something and your just focus is everywhere so really what i remember is the brief second of standing in the door and then i remember being on the ground looking up at the everybody else falling so the in-between wasn't really there. And then a couple of times after that, then it starts, you start to focus a little bit more and you're like, oh, holy crap. It's, you know, yeah. there's 30 some odd guys going out this one door and I could get my arm ripped off. And uh, yeah, it's suddenly like, oh, I'm a little more aware. Yeah, that's probably, that's probably what he meant by yeah. that. And, you know, and jumping in the military with that is much different than like commercial skydiving. Right. You know, Army, uh, Airborne, you're jumping at anywhere from 500 to 1500 feet. Mm-hmm. So it's very low. Your parachute's just meant to get you to the ground mm-hmm. as fast as possible without killing you. Yeah. Um, so it seems like it's very simple. And then I went skydiving for the first time uh, a few months ago, huh. and I was like, "Oh, this was kind of boring," you know? Scary, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, "There's the free fall that I'm hanging." I was like, "Yeah, it's but a that calm. that jump out the door with you know tons of guys and a bunch of equipment on you and being at night uh, is totally different." Totally different. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's how I felt when I went skydiving. I was like, oh, this isn't as scary as everyone makes it out to be. But then they were like, try it again. You'll be way more scared. I'm like, okay, maybe I won't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't really, like, I'm trying to relate or find an entry point, And uh, you guys seem crazy to me right now because <laughs> if I, there is one reason only that I would jump out of a plane, and it would be if Malone was in a doggy parachute going before me. And that is the <laughs> Why only does Malone reason. have to go first? I don't know, but, like, if she... For some reason, was parachuted up and fell out of the plane. I would go, but there's really no other reason. I love the ground. You know, you know what's funny though is like I'll do something like jumping out of a plane seems totally normal. Um, if I can go hiking and bring myself near death, that seems like fun. Um, but something like surfing, I think, yeah. is just stupid. Um, and I know shark attacks are very small and everything. And it's not a fear of dying. I'm just a fear of lo- losing a limb. Yeah. Like, I just don't know. I was like, that seems crazy to me. I was like, I'd uh, rather I'd I- rather run into a bear because I can mentally, even though it's a stupid idea, tell myself I can fight a bear. You, know? you can fight a <laughs> yeah. bear. Yes. Yeah. All right. But I can't see a shark coming. I mean, that thing's just going to take no, me. Oh, yeah. Something, I was just thinking about that. I was like, what I'm really afraid of is, like, deep sea, like, scuba diving. Like, I'm like, who knows what's down there? I mean, people do. And obviously, if you're scuba diving, they probably have chosen an area that's relatively safe. But, no. I still have a big fear of that. I I don't... 
I, I like to surf and everything, but there were times when I'd be sitting out there on my board and I'd be like looking around the dark water, like, what am I doing? <laughs> why? Yeah, you know? why? Yeah. I and would... like I could, I could only afford this like tiny little surfboard because it was $60 and I got it off Craigslist. And my French boyfriend at the time was like, we will call it the uh, potato chip because it was so thin and like it was just very dangerous for that to be my first board. <laughs> I'm glad you made it. You, you actually do a lot of like athletic things pretty well. Like you have a lot of athleticism. I've seen her play volleyball. She's she's actually pretty good. And cli- I like to climb, but yeah, the ground, I guess in water, I feel better about than air. I don't know. But anyway, we digress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever done thought about doing the one off the stratosphere? The uh, free fall or sky fall? No, a lot of people ask me that. It just seems like a waste of money to it's me. It's expensive, just, yeah. It, I just, uh, I don't think I'd get a thrill. Things like roller coasters, um, all that kind of stuff don't really super excite me. Yeah. Um, you know, you spend some time in a lot of, like, helicopters and planes. You've and, already done it. And it's like, yeah. I was like, yeah. on to the next thing. So, um, yeah. I don't, I don't know what, yeah. what will excite me next. What about, yeah, what are your hobbies? I mean, because for some people, cooking would be their hobby. So you're... Um, That's the life passion. <laughs> you know, it's very lucky. That, like When I'm not working, people are always weird about asking me to cook. Um, because they're like, oh, oh you, you don't say. They're like, oh, it's your job. You don't want to do that. But I get upset. I'm like, no, I, I literally love to do this. And so when I have off time, you know, I'll hit up. You know, if I need something, I'll hit up all three Whole Foods here in the valley uh, to find what I want. And then I'll go to a butcher shop and then I'll spend five, six hours at home with, you know, listen to, you know, music, playing a playlist and then sitting there cooking. Um, So, you know, it's still cooking. Other things, you know, I love to do is uh, I write a little bit. Um, I really enjoy the outdoors, so I go hiking. Mm. golf kind of the nice. kind of normal ram stuff uh i used to love kayaking a lot when it was a little more accessible to me mm-hmm. um kayaking is fun i went a lot the last i was in the adirondacks um but apparently it's the area where most people do um ice fishing i don't understand that one at all that's a <laughs> hobby i don't think i can get into being cold does not seem fun yeah the people's the way I've heard is that they just really love to drink it's like this is an excuse like they know that their wives won't join them <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah, no, I uh, I really loved kayaking, kayaking. and uh, I got into it when I was in Florida. I had been on a canoe a couple times, but I had never been on a kayak, and I was on my way to work, and I saw a sign for kayak race mm-hmm. the following weekend. Um, so I actually took my boss's kayak. I rode it once, and then I entered this contest and did a kayak race, and then did a kayak race the following weekend. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of like random and uh it was absurd so i just knew i was gonna look like a fool so i i got a t-shirt and i put our restaurant logo and address on it and i said i cook better than i kayak nice and i literally kayaked five miles got out of the water put it up on the car went home and changed and then went to work (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome that's a good workout yeah i also went uh paddle boarding for the first time Free advertising. Yeah. I like that a lot. I was like, if I'm going to look stupid, at least what I can do is try and convince people that uh, (laughs) they should come to the restaurant. That's awesome. uh, But yeah, so I mean, those are kind of my hobbies, you know, being outdoors. Mm -hmm. um, I love, you know, I love cooking outside. I love eating outside. Mm -hmm. um, So those those two things always kind of matter a lot to me. Yeah. 
I feel like uh, the nice thing about Vegas is even though it is hot, you can pretty much do something outdoors almost all year. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's what saved me when I first moved out here. I was I was used to living, growing up in California. I was used to green. I was used to mountains, all sorts of stuff. And then living here, I was like, how am I going to survive the desert? I just, you know, it was really hard to kind of look around and just see dirt. And then I was, yeah. t- I was taken up to Mount Charleston. Mm-hmm. You know, it was 40 minutes to get up there, um, you know dozens of miles of trails and it was pine forests and everything so there was a while there where three four times a week um when i could i'd i'd be up there hiking in the mornings nice. yeah and it's so much cooler i was up there monday and it was like 76 <laughs> degrees yeah. it's more. always about like 20 30 degrees oh, cooler up it's there so worth it and i just got one of those travel hammocks so that i was like <laughs> hitching out to some trees and i was just like this is the life oh man yeah well, we've almost gone through all of our questions. The one that we always seem to trip people up with, because it's a hard one, is uh, do you have a philosophy on life? My philosophy on life, um, it's kind of like I, I said earlier, is uh, trying to find that ability to work and live within your passion. Um, it's what's going to give you a balance, because if you can do that, money will come. If you can do that, you can be a better uh, person than the people around you. Um, everybody's got their image on what people should be, but really, if you if you do what makes you happy, um, then you're able to give out the energy that other people need from you. You know, I may work at times 70 to 100 hours a week um, and be home for just an hour, but because I get to do what I love, because I get that support, that hour that I'm home, I'm able to give so much more of myself. So it's, you know. It's figuring out, and sometimes, you know, people people work to make money to have the life they want. Um, in me, it's it's more about trying to find the work that I want to do to to be that to have that life. So, yeah. Um, although my fiance would love if I thought about more about money more often, um, I always kind of figure out, you know, I've I've done pretty well so far, and if I can if I can spend the weekend with some food, some wine, and with my friends, then there's a little more than I need than that. Yeah. I think, Jenna, you needed to hear that. Oh, sorry to cut in. Go ahead, Megan. No, sorry. I was just thinking that, Jenna, you needed to hear that because that's what you were debating about giving up again on your dream. But you're going to do it. You're going to move to L.A. Yeah, I'm going to try to tell jokes with people who are better than me, but, like, it's still what I want to do, you know. And um, But what I was going to say is, for Chef Justin, his life philosophy, or at least the end part, where he was like, I don't need much more than that, is very similar to what he once told me about a vegetable, which was when I had my mind blown and was like, this can't be a carrot. This does not taste like a carrot. He said, it's really just picking the produce and then you let it cook, little oil, little salt, little pepper, roast it and leave it alone. It does the work itself. So if you like what you're doing and you don't overthink it, I think that uh, you're left with a great product. That's a beautiful, yeah. I think, you know, for me, that's the way I perform best. That's how I like to cook. That's how I like to be. Um, and it's not the same for everybody. Like, people try to put themselves up against other chefs and be like, well, we're, they're doing this and they're doing that. Um, but if you try to force yourself to do what somebody else is doing and you're not, you don't care about it, the food's not going to taste good. The work's not going to be there. You're not going to be happy. Um, 
you know, we can all be artists, but there's going to be people that are sculptors. There's going to be people that are painters and one's not better than the other. It's just a completely different style. So my, the way I always worked with food was just trying to create a situation to create conversation at a table. It wasn't trying to show you that, um, I can turn carrot into this, this thing that you don't even know it's a carrot anymore because it's just not me. Uh, my thing was to show you that I can put salt and pepper on this. I can cook it right. Um, you know, I can surprise you with some flavors here and there. Um, but really what I, the reason I cook is to put people around a table. And if you thought you were going to come for 30 minutes and you hung out for a couple hours, then that's where my cooking succeeded. And it, it really, it really is. Each, each dish that I've tried of yours has started a conversation. Definitely. You know, some long, some short, but People are still talking about the wedding food, Justin. They're still talking about it. That's uh, what you want people to be talking about for your wedding. It's like the food and the music and the time they had. So I, uh, it's funny. So Bianca has her reception coming up and I was like, well, what are you going to do for food for the reception? And she goes, well, I'm definitely not going to try to top chef Justin. So I think we're just getting a taco truck or something. (laughs) (laughs) Hey man, I've had some great taco trucks. Yeah, you never know. You never know. Um, so one you don't have slow boys now and you're doing a lot of festivals but where can people go if they want to try your food or how do they contact you if they let's say have a party or something that they want catered um they can get a hold of me either email which is slowboyfood at gmail um our facebook page slowboyfood um message on instagram which is the same so that's always kind of a way to get a hold of me um you know uh, there's a lot of people always kind of asking that where, where can they find me and you know I try and keep them up to date on what when the events are coming up um, but that's how you know if people want me to do caterings or different events that's that's the best way to kind of get a hold of it um, yeah other than that with people like you Jenna it, it depends on when you're back in town if you let me know then I can cook oh dang yeah Jen will be back yeah. this uh, week before Labor Day right yeah just to yep. move yeah, so uh, we'll definitely have to hit you up and see if we can't, you know, squeeze a lunch out of you. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, yeah, we have asked all our questions, and we will definitely put all that information so people can find you, hunt you down, because now we've made them all hungry. Um, <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for being here. Anything else, Jenna? I was just going to say, whether you contact him or not, just follow the Instagram, because it makes me happy. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe seven weeks. Through the beautiful the beautiful pictures of food and your pretty fiance and your almost born baby boy <laughs> yeah seven weeks you're gonna be a busy man yes full they, family i uh, i don't know though because they say cut your sleep time in half but you're already at three hours yeah so. you can't really lose anymore <laughs> you know I, i'm sure i'm gonna be pretty tired and everything but uh, i'm hoping that years of kind of building up to this that i'll be okay um and I've been trying to, I've been trying to slow down events a little bit. You know, I, I've been trying to free up time so when he comes, that yeah. you know, I, I'm a little bit more free. But also, I keep on saying yes to different events. So yeah, slow baby <laughs> bowl. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Well, yeah, thank you again so much. And I haven't tried your food, so I'm definitely due for a delicious <laughs> oh, meal. Megan. I know. Oh, I Megan. can't believe it. How can I do this? <laughs> You got to. I'm surprised I didn't drag you to the bread pudding when it was still a thing. Oh, that sounds so good. 
Um, but yeah, so thank you listeners for listening in. We've missed you. We'd love to hear from you, especially Jason. <laughs> um, but everybody else too. Yeah, so we are back in business. Jenna through the phone. Hopefully this all works out. Um, Cause yeah, we'd sad to lose her to another city and a fancier, probably podcast coming. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you again, Justin. Thank you. Bye. Bye.